Hey, today's podcast is brought to you by Myers Printing, which happens to be where I work as a senior vice president and coincidentally is the best sustainable printing company in the entire United States. Myers is a third generation family business on a mission to create a sustainable future for people, products, and our planet. We're proud to help the important work of the United Nations at COP28. For more information about Myers, the awesome products we manufacture, and our commitment to sustainability, click the link below in the show notes or reach out to me on LinkedIn or just through the Substack app. Join Myers in building a greener future, one package at a time. Have you registered for SpecRite's annual Spec Summit yet? This event is a great one for learning the value of digitizing and standardizing your specification data to drive cost savings, achieve sustainability goals, source better supply chain partners, and more. Space is limited. Grab your spot today. You can check the full agenda and register at the link down in the show notes that says SpecRite Summit. Okay, those were the sponsors. They're great. I love them. They help me pay the bills. Let's get to this next episode on the People of Packaging podcast. Hey, everybody. I am uh, excited to finally get this recording done. Uh, I have known Christoph for a few years now uh, from his previous company, and we had connected up and chatted a little bit about what, what the work he was doing. And then I saw on LinkedIn that he got this new job change, and it sounded exciting and awesome. And so I was able to reach back out and say, I don't know that I've had anyone on the podcast from Milan, Italy. And uh, so I am uh, excited to be joined by, and I told him I was going to try to nail his name uh, and saying it as, as well as I could. So I'm joined by Krzysztof Krajewski. Did yeah. I, okay. That was, that was not too bad. No, no, it's not great. Too bad. Okay. I get, <laughs> I get a C plus. Uh, and, and he goes by he goes by uh, KK. So uh, maybe I'll be saying KK for the rest of it. But he is the chief sustainability and innovation officer at RDM Group in Milan, Italy. And might I say, uh, my friend KK, that you are looking like you're fitting into Italy quite well. You just you you exude this like Italian confidence here on on the interview. So I really appreciate you coming on, joining late on a Friday night So uh, in, in Italy. So thanks for uh, being on for the interview. All good, all good. No, it's good to, uh, good to be here and uh, it's good to connect and share some thoughts. Uh, great to, uh, to have a chat. It's going to be awesome. And the first time we talked, and I told you this before the call, I was like, you inspired me to build out some sound barriers in my in my studio because we got on and you had this very impressive studio and then you came on today and you're like ah no i had to move and i couldn't bring my studio with me um so that's right thank you for being an inspiration uh to me another fact that you may not know uh but i'm going to tell you anyways is that when i was in fifth grade i was going to be a professional rapper that was going to be my job and i wanted to go by the rap name candy cane with two k's so I also had we had uh, my career path taken a different route, uh, the, the, you know, because I loved MC Hammer. I had the steps on my hair. <laughs> I would have also been KK, but we probably wouldn't be on this podcast together. That's that's interesting story. So we have something in common then. Yeah. Yeah, Very exactly. Good. Exactly. You also wanted to be a rapper in fifth grade? Um, well, when I was in eighth grade, I wanted to be a guitar hero. So uh, I started my, uh, you know my journey with the rock and roll. So that was my, uh, 
artistic part, I would say. And you're a musician, correct? Uh, yes, part-time now. And uh, especially this year, it's parked for, uh, for a while. But uh, indeed, uh, I'm still from time to time practicing on stage. Okay. And do you play a particular... We're going to get to the packaging stuff here in a while, but I think this is... Yeah, I, th I thought it was about packaging, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's mainly electric guitar and all the guitars you may think of. So from nylon string to metal and composing arrangements and these sort of things. But maybe we can leave it for the next podcast. Maybe we can. I, mean, I've, I've all, I have all sorts of questions, but that's because there, there is actually, I've, I've met quite a few people who are, there, there's a gentleman named Sam Figueroa. Shout out to Sam. We work together at WS Packaging. He is, a, he is an excellent um, uh, guitar player, musician. Okay. Um, Ted Tate, who helped me start the podcast, has his own recording studio and he's a package yeah. engineer. So I think there's something about packaging being kind of both right brain, left brain, you get creative and you also get very analytical that seems to go a bit hand in hand with, with music. So uh, maybe that's a whole other, it's a whole other exploration. I'll get you all on a panel discussion. We'll just talk about music and packaging and it'll be. Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's do that. I think I, I totally agree with you by the way. So, uh, when you think about packaging uh, being a mix of engineering and all those packaging sciences, you know, the, the deep science, um, the engineering, and then you have the, the marketing side, then you have the, the colorful, the playfulness, the, the consumer experience, the, uh, um, the human factor of, of, of uh, interaction with the packaging, you know. Um, so that's the artistic element of, of packaging. And then you combine it in one, and that's, holistic way how you can look at it and it's beautiful um so let, let's talk a little bit about your background um how how did you get in how did you go from guitar hero superstar in eighth grade to uh, chief sustainability and innovation officer at rdm group okay so well uh i actually started as a yeah in, in poland in uh, uh in early 2000 uh deciding what to do and, and, I, and I was studying the uh, at Warsaw Polytechnical uh, so Technical University the production systems organizations and I was uh, and then I had an opportunity to start with the family business which was the uh, plastics processing and uh, you know within the packaging industry so you grew up in, in and around packaging a little bit yeah I grew up from uh, from as far as I can remember it was the smell of polyethylene you know the uh, we had these big machines for blow molding and uh you know i had these drawings of injection molds wow during, you know it, having a, a dinners together with the family so so you know there was a i was born into packaging at the time but it was all plastic and and recycling because we also were establishing one of the first recycling facilities in warsaw at the time so so the packaging came naturally to me you know so um perhaps music was my escape room but uh um and still is so from plastics uh from from that experience i i just wanted to um to venture into my own uh exploration and um being more global and i was i was really curious to uh to travel with uh you know with, with the business with packaging and see how other cultures are working um so i joined racket uh 2007 and I spent 16 years with Racket, so one of the major CPG players 
um, with various brands all over the world. And after three years, I, um, I relocated to Singapore mm. and, uh, I was responsible for East Asia region. So for all the packaging teams in the supply chain. So we had five, six factories in that region all over from Malaysia to Japan and um, the packaging laboratories in each uh, manufacturing locations. Um, so it was amazing. It was amazing time in, in, in Asia. So I was every other week in China fixing the quality issues and these sort of things uh, yeah, and uh, acting as an interface between headquarter like in London and, and the world of Asia, uh, East Asia. So um, how did you find your have... in Singapore, by the way? I, I haven't been, but I've heard I've heard it's an incredible place. There's a there's there. It's just it's like this unique spot in in Asia, right? Like, did you enjoy it is, it, living there? No, absolutely. It's like a it's like a boil, cultural boiling pot. Correct. Like literally, uh, you have to, so many nationalities living in such a small island, and um, and it's a hub, so you can travel everywhere. Uh, very efficiently it's super efficient country um uh, highly developed um uh, very wealthy and uh, very safe um so it's great i'm hearing different uh, opinions from there are two type of people who say it's it's kind of too small for them so they need to <laughs> run away for at some point of time but some people really love it and stay for forever really yeah so no it was it was a great time um and uh, we spent there two years uh and th there was also the company was going through the restructuring so the headquarter was moving to beijing and and i've been offered to, to relocate to uh back to europe and um and i moved to italy and i spent two years in uh, veneto very close to venice um still with racket working for uh, a fabric cluster categories so you know like laundry um detergents the um fabric treatment um general sort of household products and um and can i just sell can i just yeah. interrupt you real quick because i think it's important it's funny to me because i used to i used to be a vendor for wreck it and uh i was shocked at how big and expansive and how many different brands this company had that i had never heard of before <laughs> uh you know you're you're talking about the and maybe it was different in in Europe where Reckitt might have been more of a household name, uh, both literally and figuratively. But I was like, I mean, at the time, this was before they had sold off like the the Frank's Red Hot Sauce, and you know they had like this whole food category. They had, uh, you know, they do it in like pest control and and uh, you know the the home care stuff and vitamins. And I was like who is this company? It was a fascinating company to get to know. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you were able to go from, uh, you know, from Poland to Singapore to Italy, and I'm sure you'll keep going down the journey, but it's such, it's such a huge company. Um, so if you're not familiar with Reckitt, R-E-C-K-I-T-T, -T, go, just go check them out online and you'll be probably just as astonished as I was at, at everywhere it is and how many products they interact with. So anyway, continue cool. on. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that you and I both okay. both have an understanding of this company. But I was surprised that even in the packaging industry, there was a lot of people who hadn't heard of it. Yeah, there are many different technologies in packaging. So 
you can learn about packaging a lot yeah? because um, uh, you know for all different technologies, all different materials, and all those different brands. Yeah. But uh, again, fast forward because it's not about racket. Now I'm uh, with uh, RDM. So after spending ten years in uh, in Amsterdam, uh, I think last five years after 2018, it was uh, one of the main objectives in packaging was to focus on sustainability. And you know, 2018 was the, was the moment when the new plastics economy was founded by Ellen MacArthur Foundation and um, and the European Union were drafting the targets for, for recycling all those different materials. There was a ban when China said no more import of, of your waste, US and Europe. So it was a huge amount of, of waste to be recycled. And uh, many NGOs came uh, were, were popping up here and there. And, and, uh, and, uh, and suddenly there was this big trend and wave against plastic um, and replacement with, uh, with other materials, materials with the lower carbon footprints. So that was really fascinating. And, uh, and my last tasks in, in, in the last three years was really to find a, a replacement for plastic. So I have been coming from plastics from our origins, right? And all those different materials. And I never had exposure to uh, paper uh, industry. And uh, but yet, we were challenged to to build the uh, the, the knowledge to, uh, to to collect the insights for recycling, especially about cardboard and especially about paper and recycling of paper, recycling of sort of hard to recycle paper materials. And so I found it really fascinating, and I said, "Wow, this would be great to uh, to join such a company." And and, then, and here it is. So combining sustainability uh, with the holistic view on topics such as uh, ESG, very important for uh, for our stakeholders, for financial institutions, but mostly to have an impact on the environment. So, you know, if you are a, in a big organization, you, you, you may have a certain impact on things, but when you, when you move along the way and you grow and, and you go to the companies like Bruno de Medici, your impact on the environment suddenly becomes huge. Now, Renato de Medici is, uh, is owner of 10 mills across the Europe, and each of these mills is producing uh, recycled cardboard. Mm. So all those packaging materials that you use for folding boxes made 100% or close to 100% from recycled fibers. So very limited uh, virgin fibers additions of virgin pulp. Um, and, uh, and it's really exciting to see uh how this industry is working what are the struggles you know the uh how big this connection is between is between the front end of value chain and the back end of value chain right so the communication flows it's it's a lot of things we can improve you know between let's say front end guys like racket and all the brand owners and uh and the back end um when you produce uh you may call it feedstock right you may call it raw material but it's not is not full picture, you know, that's, uh, that connection needs to be established. So that's my focus really, uh, at the moment to, to shorten those communication paths, you know, and, and make really a bigger impact because when you think about, you know, 1.5 million tons of producing cardboard, that's a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's primarily, uh, what you're doing at, um, at RDM group is, is, is it primarily or exclusively uh, post recycle, post consumer, post industrial recycled 
paperboard. Is this is this accurate? Yeah, no, it's it's from ninety five to hundred percent. So the strategy of the company is to focus on uh, on the recycled fiber sources. So all the waste paper, different different streams uh, are our feedstock, uh, out of which we produce the board. Of course, there are certain chemicals and ingredients, you know, that you need to add for coating because those boards are coated boards for offset printing, flexor printing, so high quality packaging. Really, you wouldn't even believe it's made from the recycled. Okay, that was my next question. So, is the because um, I know a question I get asked a lot, and you know, candidly, I have spent most of my career in packaging in the folded carton space. So, um, I've been in sourcing and in sales for about sixteen years. And the thing that I, I found on both sides in sourcing and now in sales was this desire for brands to have um, to, to have recycled paperboard that also performs and functions and prints with the same high quality as, you know, say, Virgin SBS board. Um, and so I, is that uh, not, I and mean, this is legitimate, so everyone knows, like, I, I haven't, like, done my research into rdm so i'm just curious is this is this kind of a, a value proposition for the company then that you can be sustainable and innovative and not have to compromise on on quality of print and structure or what what's the what's the key differentiator that's helped the company grow to having 10 mils and i'm sure looking to expand even further yes so well we we produce a coated boards so uh, they are absolutely fine, uh, and they, they are they are ready for offset printing, flexo gravure. You know, so um, you you have really high quality print for maximum marketing. So we we have three types of products, one of which is uh, uh, is a liner, and the liners are uh, um, and on the outside of the corrugated boxes. For example, when you go to the store and you see bag in box, nicely printed, maybe containing wine uh you know and then it's great printing on the outside and this liner which is uh connected to the uh let's say microfluid or the effluting it's it's basically a laminate with our liner made from recycled so it's uh there is no uh inferiority in in, in the quality of, of of this product versus virgin when you think about the sort of folding box when we go to the higher grammages uh, right, because liner is sort of low grammage, around 200 GSM. When you start going higher with 100, 400 GSM to the sort of folding box territory, certainly the recycled fibers they they are losing some of the uh, properties. Right, they are shorter. The whole recycling process is uh, is impacting the, the the quality of fibers. And we say the fire the, the those materials can be recycled for 25 times. So every cycle is, is adding a little bit to the deterioration. And that's a fact. Yeah. And, that, and that's, but uh, you, you always need both. You always need uh, a fresh uh, feeding of virgin. Yeah. Because if you focus only on recycled uh, feedstock, then suddenly you will, you will, you will cease to exist. Because well, you it need, need it need it needs the virgin uh, paper to get recycled. It needs the virgin, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you need both. So, in a certain percentage, uh, you you need the right combination. And uh, what I found really really important is that um, in the circular economy, you really need to maintain the same 
value proposition of your material. So if you recycle, you should be avoiding downcycling. So if you have your premium boards, premium materials, um, you should be also using recycled content to balance for the circular economy. So not only downgrading it sort of, you know, to the low grades papers or toilet papers, you know, like gray papers, etc. Try to use it in the same level if you're, if you're a cosmetic company. Um, and uh, for example, you may have uh, high demanding products that will require high purity and uh, you know, high safety for food applications, et cetera. But you also have the outer packaging. Then you can use it for the outer packaging, the recycled board, and then virgin for the food contact when you have moist and fatty food in a direct contact with your, with your board maybe, you know what I mean? Then you use virgin. So it's, it's, it's a subtle art of, of balancing virgin and, and recycled. Got it. And, and and we need to use both, really, so that when you look on the global equation, it needs to balance. I mean, you may need to add a little bit more weight in order to have the same rigidity, in order to have the same stiffness of the board. But that's that's the price we need to all pay for the sustainability. You know, for the in order to circularity look to be closed. Right. So it's not just one industry. We need to have, have a holistic overview on both of them somebody needs to control both of them rather than having you know two uh, industries fighting with each other no doubt and so uh, as we kind of come up here at, at, towards the end of our time together I, i'm curious to know about so you have these mills in and they're primarily or exclusively in the eu is this is this correct that i pick up on that the main business the main footprint is in the eu however we have the uh, uh, overseas sales as well we have offices in us Okay. Um, and a couple of other places. So depending on the product portfolio, uh, we, we are exporting our products and depending when it makes sense, like, you know, like recycled, uh, sort of cart board, uh, it makes sense to use it, to produce it and use it locally. But, uh, uh, in our product portfolio, you may see the ESCA product, which is a high quality solid board, which is you know, like from two millimeters to four millimeters for the book bindings for the puzzle games um for the luxury packaging high quality boards also made from 95 to 100 percent recycled fibers but very pristine very high quality for for demanding uh, decorations and so on so this material could be exported for a longer distance and it makes sense uh, otherwise uh, sustainably uh, you, you produce it and, and use it locally got it okay so uh, so people here in the U.S., uh, you know, the, the podcast is about a 75% listenership here in the U.S., and then the other 25% is is scattered out across the rest of the globe. But uh, there are companies here in the U.S. that could con could connect with you or could connect with uh, with somebody here to chat about, you know, maybe running some samples and doing some other stuff with your board stock. Is this accurate? Absolutely. Okay. Well, how would they get in touch with you? You have a very simple name to spell so just uh take my pronunciation uh christoph uh hang on christoph krajewski right so just yeah the... just type it out in linkedin and they can contact no uh I'll, I'll make sure to put your profile link in in the show notes they can click on it and reach out to you but how else would they learn and connect up with with rdm group so rdmgroup.com is our website uh Eska, the brand of ours is Eska, E-S-K-A dot com. So this is our brand for the solid boards, which I mentioned. We we are also expanding in U.S. 
so these two websites plus my LinkedIn profile and you know um, anybody can reach Adam and Adam knows me you know, he knows my phone number we can get in touch it's true it's true I'd be happy to uh, um, I'd be happy to connect you up and by the way shout out on getting eska.com it's tough to get uh, these four letter domain names so uh, well well done on that one um, well, Christoph, uh, like I said before, I'm, I've I've been really, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you um, over the past however many years. Uh, follow your content on LinkedIn. You know, you've been at the forefront of this industry now and even knowing a bit more about your journey that you were born into plastics and here you sit uh, in, in the paper industry and uh, the experience at Reckitt, I'm sure, allowed you to experience the good and the bad of of all materials, right? We have to be willing and open to contributing to, uh, to to the circular economy using the best materials possible. And certainly, uh, you know, premium recycled content paperboard is a big part of that. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you had this new pivot. I'm sad that you had to leave your music studio uh, back in, in uh, the Netherlands, but I mean, it looks like Milan is, is treating you well. And uh, I'm excited to see more of what you're doing at RDM and, and a little bit more about what the future holds. So I appreciate you so much coming on the podcast and everyone make sure to connect up with Christoph and go learn more about RDM Group. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Adam. It was nice talking to you. Thanks. Always. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.